thee up. Eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to the eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look forward toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud. Everybody say a little cloud. A little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Brothers and sisters, I want to preach to you for a little bit this afternoon on this subject. I hear the sound. I said, I hear the sound. Oh, I think I may have just felt a sprinkle. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands and you may be seated. In ancient times, rain was significant. Yes, rain is significant today, but in ancient times, it was even more so. Because they lived in an agrarian society. That simply means they were farmers. And if you're a farmer and it doesn't rain, things are going to be bad for you. Can I get an amen? If you are a farmer and the heavens are shut up and there is no rain falling, then it is a time of famine. It is a time of distress. It's a time of financial weakness. It's a time of despair. See, because in the agrarian society, they didn't have any factories to go work at. Everybody had to work from the ground. They didn't have Microsoft to go work for. They all had to work from the ground. They couldn't go work at Denny's or Burger King. They all had to depend on the rain in order for their sustenance and strength to come. And so in that time and in that day and in the Word of God, you recognize that rain is symbolic of God's blessings. Can I get an amen? They've got to have the rain. It's all about the rain. If there is no rain, there's no wealth. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how awesome your techniques are. If God shuts up the heavens and you're living in the agrarian society in ancient days, you don't have any wealth. You don't have any blessing. You don't have any provision. It all depended on the rain. Now, in the Bible here, the story that I just read in 1 Kings chapter number 18 was the story of a prophet of God named Elijah. And because Israel had fallen into sin and idolatry and were rejecting the directives of the prophet of God, God directed Elijah to declare 
that it would not rain for a period of time until he spoke again. And God honored the word of Elijah and because of Israel's rebellion and because of idolatry, there were no blessings coming down. There was no rain falling. There was no provision for them for a long time until the ground grew dry and they had a harvest season without any uh, harvest to, to gather. And the ground was cracked and gaping because of the dryness. Uh, and of course the story goes that Elijah challenged the false god prophets to a place called Mount Carmel where he declared the God that answers by fire, let's say that he is the God. The false prophets of Baal went out uh, and they cut themselves and danced and shouted, but no fire fell from heaven. And after a long time when the evening sacrifice came, Elijah said, okay, your God's not going to answer by fire. Let's set the altar back in order. Let's put the sacrifice on the altar and let's pray. And as Elijah Elijah began to pray. From the heavens there appeared what looked like a meteorite, a blazing fire that came and approached the altar and took and began to burn and consume the sacrifice. And all of a sudden the people of Israel who had questions about whether Baal was God or Jehovah was God got their minds made up. And all the hundreds and even thousands of people on the hillside that day that had come out for the show began to shout aloud, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. Hallelujah. And when the people of Israel turned their hearts back to Jehovah, Elijah said, Get ready. Somebody say, Get ready. Elijah said, get ready because it is coming. He said, you better eat your dinner fast because you're going to need to jump in your chariot and get back home, king, because I hear the sound. I hear the sound of a coming of abundance of rain. And he said, look up, look up toward the sea and see if you can see a cloud. They went out and they looked. He said, I see nothing. He said, go again, go seven times. And as he looked and looked, finally, he said, I see something small. It's only the size of a man's hand, but it's coming up from the sea. Elijah said, that's all I need to know because I hear a sound. It may be just something small. It may be just a taste, but it is indicative of what is coming. You better man your horse. You better jump onto your chariot because I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Clap your hands to the Lord. See, you and I need to understand that God is in control of the rain. You can't do a rain dance to make it rain. You can't call the meteorologist or the television weatherman and say, could you make it rain tomorrow, please? I really need it. They have no power over it. All the brilliance that we have, all the scientists that have tried to figure everything out, and they're still deserts. That lets you know that man has no control over the rain. God controls the rain. Can I get a bless, an amen? And in the Old Testament, any time you hear reference to rain, it's talking about God's blessings. First of all, of course, it's talking about material blessings. The blessings of God on my life, my car, my home, amen? The, the, the finance that I receive, the blessings that I get, God has control over that. Some people don't understand that yet. And if some people miss that point, then they're going to miss out on God's blessings. The first thing to understand is that if it doesn't rain, I'm not getting blessed. If it doesn't rain, I'm not getting any provision. Come on, let's watch them go. They're, they're gone. Praise God. Look back at me now. Hallelujah. If it doesn't rain, you ain't got no blessings coming. I don't care how good you are. 
how smart you are, how slick you are. If God says, I'm closing up the heavens, you can go out and you can talk to your plants and you can sing songs to them and you can massage them on the back. But if there's no rain, there's no blessing. If there's no rain, there's no provision. I don't care how good of a job that I get. I don't care how much I make for myself. I've got to understand as a child of God, God's blessings and provision are controlled by God. But not only that, I'm talking about spiritual blessings as well. I don't just decide, okay, I want my church to have revival. So I'm going to do a little deal. I'm going to do a little song and dance. I'm going to say the right thing, bring in the right person. All of a sudden, boom, revival is going to happen in the church because I want it to. God controls the rain, my brothers and sisters. God controls the rain. Everybody got that message? You got that point? Can we go on now? Give me a loud amen if you understand and realize that God controls the rain in my life. See, the Bible says in Joel chapter 2 and verse 23 that the rain has to do with spiritual blessings as well. It says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for He hath given you the former rain. Everybody say, the former rain. Say, that's the rain that already happened. And He gave that moderately, and He will cause to come down for you the rain. God will cause. Understand that the rain comes down because God causes it to. Do we understand that? Have we got that? He will cause it to come down, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Next verse. And the floors shall be full of wheat. That means the rain brings blessing. And the fats overflow with wine and oil. Let me give you let, let me break this down and make this Old Testament New Testament for you, okay? And there's going to be money in your pockets and your bank accounts shall overflow with finance. I'm telling you, you don't get it yet because this is what it meant to them back then. If God sends the rain, then my floor will be full of wheat. Then my vat will overflow with wine. And if God sends His blessing, I said if God sends His blessing, then my pocketbook will overflow. Then my bank account will overflow. Hey, 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 I believe what I'm saying today. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. My great army which I sent among you. And the Lord is saying here, when I send the rain, there's provision coming. But also there is restoration. What you have had taken from you, what you have lost is going to come back. But understand, it all starts uh, with the rain. Restoration starts with the rain. Brother Donnie, you were talking today about people being brought back into the church. That doesn't happen till the rain starts falling. God doesn't restore marriages till the rain starts falling. God doesn't restore what's been taken from you until the rain starts falling. And God controls the rain. And the rain is about my material blessings, but it's also about my spiritual blessings. Things that you can't measure in dollars and cents, but they're important. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, revival is spiritual rain. And God has revival for life, church. Clap your hands and help me preach, somebody. Second Chronicles 7.13. We read it today in Sunday school class. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 13 says, listen to this, this is God speaking. Everybody with me? I'm trying to prove my point here using the Word of God because that's my authority. 
It's yours too, whether you accept it or not. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Who has the power to do that? God. He says, if I shut up the heaven, that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. God can turn off the flow. God can send the pestilence. You say, what's the pestilence? Pestilence could be sickness in your body. Pestilence could be mechanical problems on your car. Pestilence could be relationship problems at work. Come on now. Pestilence could be problems in your business that eats up your profit. The Bible says God's saying, I can stop the rain. I can send the pestilence. I can do it. But if I do it, even though I control the rain, I'm turning some of that control over to you. Are you with me? I say when it's going to rain and when it's not going to rain. But since you're my covenant child, I'm going to put some of that power in your hands. Look at the next verse. If I shut it up, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. See, there's no healing for the land unless the rain starts falling. Praise God. There's no restoring what's been taken unless the rain starts falling. God is saying here, I can stop the rain if you do your own thing. I can stop the rain if you reject my word. I can stop the rain if you ignore my word. But if you will turn from your wicked ways, if you'll give your life back to Jesus, if you'll bow on your knee and send up praise and send up prayer, God says, I will hear from heaven and I'm going to heal your land. I'm going to put Put it back together again. Come on, somebody, clap your hands. Hallelujah. God controls the rain. God controls the blessing. God controls the flow of revival. God controls the flow of blessing and finance into my life. But I have learned that He has given me the power to turn it on. He has given me the power, hallelujah, to make it happen. He said, you got to repent. You've got to turn from your wicked ways. That's why every time there's a great revival that sweeps a church, it starts with repentance. It starts with people taking back territory that the enemy's taken from them. Come on, it starts with people turning their televisions off. Come on. Or throwing the televisions out. It, come on, somebody. It starts with people making a decision that I've been focusing my time and my energy. It starts with young people deciding to quit their sports career that they think they have. It starts with young people cleaning out their music so that everything that they have is glorifying to God rather than destroying to their spirit. It starts with people, hallelujah, turning from their wicked ways, turning themselves toward God, repenting and calling on the name of the Lord. Come on. There's no revival. Bible without repentance. There's no revival without prayer. But when we do it, God says, I'll send the rain. It's a simple formula. God controls it, but He gave us the quotient. God controls it, but He gave us the key. 
If my people will pray, lift up their voice, turn from their wicked ways, I will heal, I will restore, I will put it back together again. And so here's the good news. This is Victory Sunday. This is not Challenge Sunday. This is not Vision Sunday. But this is Victory Sunday. At Life Church, we've had some people praying and fasting. Come on. It's been happening in houses. It's been happening at the church. It's been happening in prayer closets. Uh, It's been happening where people would say, I'm taking the next seven days and I'm not going to eat a bite. I'm going to take the next three days and I'm going to dedicate it to the Lord. I'm going to take the next 29 days uh, and I'm going to observe a Daniel fast. Uh, There's been people praying here every Tuesday night. Uh, The prayer team have been lifting up praises to the Lord. Uh, Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's been something happening at Life Church. Uh, There's been people praying. There's been people repenting. There's been people worshiping. And there's been people who have made up their mind. I'm going to give until I can't give anymore. And God says, hallelujah, you're doing what you got to do. And I say, I hear the sound. I said, I hear the sound of something approaching. You may just see the, a cloud the size of a hand, man's hand. But I hear the sound. Come on, somebody. I hear the sound of something approaching. Hallelujah. 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 I hear the sound. I think I hear the sound. I'm beginning to feel some raindrops. I think it's sprinkling. Something supernatural is happening. But my message to you today is this just a foretaste. These testimonies that we just heard are just a little sampling of the miraculous thing that God is going to begin to do in your finances, but also in your ministry and in your personal witness. God is going to, get, going to begin to use you in powerful ways. You know why I know? Because I hear the sound. Hallelujah. I hear the sound. Somebody get it. Somebody got it. Somebody get it. Anybody heard of the concept of proportion before? Proportion is an important concept. Especially when it comes to God's blessings. Because I believe I can prove from the word of God that the rain falls in proportion to what goes up. Look at Job, what the Bible says in Job here. The Bible says here in Job chapter 36 and verse 26. Behold, God is great. Can we agree on that? Somebody say amen if you believe it. We know him not. You think you know God. You don't know just the tip of the iceberg of God's blessings and provision and power. We know him not. Neither can the number of his years be searched out. Everybody, you can't figure God out. God's great. That's what the Bible's saying. God's great and He's beyond your imagination, beyond your concepts, beyond your ability to figure Him out. Look at the next verse. It says, For He maketh small the drops of water. He's got a water droplet factory in the heaven. They pour down rain according to the vapor. Thereof. What's that mean? It's a real simple principle. God only makes rain in proportion 
to the vapor that comes up. Let me say it again so you get it. God sends rain in proportion to what goes up. So if a little bit goes up, a little bit of rain comes down. But if a lot goes up, a lot of rain comes down. Anybody ever driven up to Las Vegas through through uh, the um, what's that desert called? The I almost said Mo, Mohican, but Mojave through the Mojave Desert. You ever wondered why a desert stays a desert? Ever wondered why a desert doesn't all of a sudden just decide to become? Why don't we just become like more lush and beautiful? You know why a desert stays a desert? Because it doesn't get enough rain. Exactly right. Do you know why it doesn't get enough rain? Because it doesn't put up any vapor. That simply means, I don't know the fancy scientific word for what happens when plants give up vapor. When plants, where there has been rain, there is that returning of vapor to the heavens. But this, it's, a, it's a scientific principle, believe me on that, okay? But it's a biblical principle as well. As much vapor comes up, that's how much rain comes down. That's why the rainforest stays the rainforest. Because it sends so much vapor back up from the vegetation. That's why a desert stays a desert. Because everything it gets, it has to take and soak in. And it never gives anything back up. So the principle from the Word of God is it's proportional. God's blessings, God's rain, be it material blessings or spiritual blessings, come in proportion to how much you give up. That's why you can't come to church and sit on your hands and expect to receive anything from God. Right? That's why when everybody else is worshiping and praising the Lord and things begin to happen, you're sitting there and wondering what's going on. It's because you're not giving anything up. Amen. When we send up praise, blessings come down. When we send up prayers, blessings come down in proportion to what we send it up. And when we give, when we give to those in need, when we give to the ministry of the work of God, there is a coming back. I'm telling you, this is a principle from the Word of God. And you watch people year after year Year after year, year after year, after decade after decade, they remain a desert from blessings, still struggling with the same things, still struggling with the same issues. And they're waiting for the next preacher to come along and give them a hyper shot of whatever it's going to take to make it to the next week. They're waiting for the next Holy Ghost hoedown to give them this next feeling. And they need to learn that you need to stop depending on somebody else and learn that I can produce my own rain. I can produce my own revival. I can produce my own blessings but I got to give it up and when I give it up it's coming back down that's why I can say tonight based on what I've seen based on what I saw based on what I'm hearing I hear the sound come on won't you stand to your hand stand to your feet and clap your hands right now come on that's it put your hands together some of you trying to stand on your hands right now When I praise, it's not wasted energy because it's coming back. When I pray, it's not wasted energy because when I pray, he saves my prayer. He has a vial he puts them in and there's answers coming. There's provision coming. And I'm telling you today that when you give, 
Hallelujah. When you give, there is provision that's coming back to you. My wife went and mentioned it a little bit. The determination of what we were going to do for the capital stewardship campaign was something that when God spoke it to me, I, my very first response was absolutely not. Impossible. I can't do that. It's going to be too hard. It's going to be too much of a sacrifice. It's going to be too great. The Lord continued to touch it into my heart. I talked to my wife. She said, whatever you feel. Then the next week, she had a little change of heart. and <laughs> We had a little deeper discussion when we actually went over the budget. And uh, how is this going to happen? How is this going to work? And I, and I heard the enemy speak to me. Anybody heard that? Telling me that it's not going to be there. It's not going to happen. The enemy spoke to me and said, you're going to be the only one stepping out. In life, church, they're going to come with little piddly sacrifices and you're going to be sitting there and you're going to have taken a step of faith and you may be lucky to raise $120,000 and uh, you'll be looking at maybe years down the road before you can build. That's the way the enemy does. He likes to intimidate because he knows that when you send it up, it's coming back down. When you send up your praise and your worship and your glory. So here's the point. The testimonies that you heard that my wife gave, she didn't tell you the whole, the whole, whole inside and outside of everything. But as this thing develops and works out, basically in benefits alone, our family is going to receive almost exactly what we have committed before she even brings a salary home. Almost exactly what we committed to the capital stewardship campaign. Her benefit package is going to be worth three times her salary. Come on, somebody. And I wish I could take what's in here and bring it out and show you. Because I know what has, is happening in the atmosphere is a, is, is a transformation of people's thinking. See, God's done something to me through this capital stewardship campaign. I've always given my tithes. I've always given 10% in tithes, another 7 or 8% in offerings, but I've never stretched myself into the arena of sacrifice. And I have simply experienced God's blessings in proportion to what I was willing to trust Him for. But something's happened, brothers and sisters. And my wife and I, we went back to putting cash in the, in the envelope system. And when we're out of cash, we're out of cash. And so we have to be careful what we spend. But you know what? It is the most exciting and awesome and thrilling time of my life so far to this point. You know why? Because I hear the sound. Just the beginning of miracles was the water turned to wine. If you thought that's all Jesus had, boy, you were mistaken. Because there were some blinded eyes that were about to be opened. There were some crippled limbs that were about to be straightened. There were some leprous skin diseases that were about to be cleansed. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. There were some evil spirits that were about to be cast out. There were some stormy winds that were about to be silenced. Hallelujah. God's glory was about to be manifest. But I'm telling you, Life Church, you listen to what this preacher is saying. This is the first step. This is the beginning of revival. God has begun to pour out what He's going to pour out. And I'm challenging you to believe me right now. I know you believe me. You took that step of faith. Some of you stretched way beyond what you thought 
was possible. But I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Somebody's going to get the principle. Somebody's going to get a revelation that if I send it up, it's coming down without measure. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to rejoice in the presence of the Lord right now. For just a minute, then we're going to go enjoy the picnic. But but here's the deal. Life Church, we're going to build the new building. It's not going to be three years from now. We're going to start. We're started already. In the pre-planning stage, take us about nine to 12 months. That is the drawings, the permits, all the things that we have to do. I want you to keep praying that God would give us favor. Keep praying that God would give us favor. I mean, I know some of you are praying every day. God would give us favor with the county, favor with our neighbors. God would send us the right contractors. Come on, somebody. And God's going to do what we've been asking Him to do. And then after that, once the building phase starts, the uh, uh, gentleman that's going to help us with the uh, uh, general contracting has said, told me, six to nine months of construction time once we get the plans drawn. So that means in less than two years, we can be sitting in a brand new church building completing things. If you're excited about that, that's awesome. But if that's all you're excited about, you missed the whole point. Because the real thing that's going to happen is God is going to begin to pour out His spiritual rain. That in life church, let me just speak it right now. In life church, every time we gather together to lift up the name of Jesus, there are going to be people who are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There are going to be people that give their life to Jesus and say, I want to be baptized in His precious name. The church is going to grow exponentially. I believe this. And this is what gets my heart beating. This is what turns my passion loose. Because God's going to do great things. Hallelujah. We're going to sing this song. And before we leave, I want you just to come up around the front. And let's rejoice together. Let's pray together. Let's lift it up. Let's send something up into the heavens right now. Let's send up some praise. Let's send up some worship. Let's send up some glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Do you believe it's possible?
something here right before we leave I said something about proportion what if I said for the next two minutes the next two minutes from the time I give you the word you've got two minutes to send up as much as you can to send up as much praise to release as much faith to shout unto God with faith for two minutes what if I said there's a blessing coming your way in proportion of of what you can give to God in the next two minutes of praise and worship and glory because that's what we're going to do a few minutes we're going to go have a great time but for the next two minutes from the time I give the word my God I feel something hallelujah I want you to give it up to the Lord hallelujah in the name of the Lord come on let's go right now let's do it for two minutes Another 30 seconds. Send it up. Send up Judah into the battle. Send up Judah into your war. Hallelujah. 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 Revival in our youth group. Revival in our homes. Revival in the lives of our children. Let's see. 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. I'm going to tell you what I feel. We're going to go have a great time at the park right now. Wednesday night, we're having prayer at 7 o'clock. Wednesday night, I'm not going to teach a Bible study. We're going to wait on the Lord. And we're going to believe that revival is going to strike this place on Wednesday night. I just believe God's going to start pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. Hallelujah, that it's going to happen. We don't have a special evangelist here. We're just going to get together and believe for revival. Anybody with me on that? In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Once again, everybody listen carefully so you don't get lost. Get on Rosemead Boulevard going north towards the 210. First stoplight is Del Mar. Everybody got that much? Turn left onto Del Mar. That's easy because you can't turn right or you run into Del Taco. So you go to Del Mar. You go down about a half mile on your left-hand side. You'll see some basketball courts. That's Eaton Blanche Park. That's where we're going to be. Let's go have a great time. Bring your appetite and let's have fun. God bless. Thank you, Life Church, for responding to the Lord. I am so proud of you. Thank you for what we have experienced today. Thank you, visitors, for being with us. It's a little different service. When you come next time, we won't have balloons and confetti and uh, disco lights, but we'll have the presence of the Lord. God bless.